Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meat Gistics Podcast. Now, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see this smorgasbord of very non-vegan food that Austin has ready and going because he's got a pizza in the toaster oven too. I assume that's a Totino's. Yeah, it's a Totino's. Of, of course it is. Um, so you got through the entire week. Any cheating at all? Technically, yeah. What'd you do? I uh, went to a friend's. Uh, well. Uh, friend of mine his daughter had a birthday party went over there they were serving dinner there was like a pasta dish thing and they had chicken in it okay so, yeah i wasn't gonna just not eat what day was that saturday so that restarts the clock no so, yeah, <laughs> no no no, well, no. Come, we, come take all this away no. he doesn't get any of it we talked about that beforehand i was like there may be a scenario we that arises we did <laughs> we did that's fine um so as a uh in a, a gift or uh something to recognize your accomplishment. Oh, that's... We've gotten you uh, a hippie outfit. Oh. It comes with <laughs> fake mustaches, a bandana, which I think we saw a bunch of different ways to wear it. For you, I think probably around the wrist would be like <laughs> the most... I, I think that's a good way to wear it. Here, rock it like an ascot right now, like Fred from Scooby-Doo. And... Look at this. We got you hair. No, no. We got you hair. I, w I would wear all the rest of this just because. Wear the, but, wear the but wig but and the glasses. The oh. See, no, he's even doing it right. That's how they had it. <laughs> I'll do the hair. Oh, perfect. This is now, now, this is thumbnail material. Finally, as John's trying to. Did you plan for this? You shaved your head last night? No, I shaved my head this weekend. Oh. Oh, those sunglasses bad. actually look kind of cool, dude. Oh, that's not getting on. <laughs> How's it look? I mean, bad, but good. <laughs> love and peace. Love and peace. Oh, let me see the sunglasses. Dude, the sunglasses are, are pretty sweet on camera. <laughs> Those actually aren't terrible. All right. They feel small. I want the bandit, but you can have any of the other ones. John, you look like the, the green guy from Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, uh, what was his name? Is it Blanca? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So I want the bandit, but you may choose any of these other ones. I don't think these are going to stay terribly long. This whole thing, I think, costs $9. Watch that be the one thing. That... <laughs> now, you, for you not being a wrestling guy right now. Oh, I have this on backwards. Must. <laughs> I must. Yeah, it's all netting. It looks like you're a crazy guy in a kitchen. Austin, what was the name of your mustache you chose? I don't know. Is it, are, it they, are they names? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it's a mess. There you oh, go. Oh, that's, that's way lot, better. That's a lot better. Act like you're playing bass and you're good. I've got the scoundrel. <laughs> What's John's? Mine's the bandit. Oh, you got the bandit? It's not going to stay on, though. It's already coming off. Thankfully, neither of us chose the party boy. What's Oh, had I seen the party boy? I wouldn't recognize John at all. <laughs> yeah, man. Peace uh, and love. Austin looks like the bad guy in Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, he doesn't. He looks like the bad guy from Sonic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even with the round glasses and everything. My mustache already came off. I'm too sweaty. All right. Mine hold. Perfect. It's terrible hippie hair off. Yeah, get, get back on mic, too. Oh, it's left way. a bunch of... <laughs> 
hair on my face. You look not bad. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how look. to say this, but you don't, it, that does not look he bad. It looks on like you. Uh, that, that scene in Cable Guy when he's trying to go undercover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough tormenting. Austin will let him. No, I think it was right around the wrist. I think that was the right way to go. All right. So, we've got a steak for Austin that I want it to be clear that you chose this steak, not me, because it is. You ever seen them cook? Uh, actual Japanese A5 Wagyu? No. So it's like super thin cuts, and that's basically what you selected. I don't know. I, I think it was like a valid inch thick. It's just you're used to like six-inch thick steaks. That was <laughs> at most three-eighths of an inch thick. No. Yes. No. Yes. You're it's incredibly thin. Like, I can't see And then you ruined it. it. Yeah, take them off. No. Then you ruined it by putting blue cheese crumbles on it. And some of your blue cheese crumbles came over onto the side that you said you were going to give me. And I think you knocked them over there on purpose. Oh, no. So that's that, that's my like side, it. the non blue cheese side. I put mine on after. Oh, yeah. No, I went ahead long, and put yours on now. Then I will pass. How long is he going to keep the mustache on? That's what I want to know. <laughs> just <laughs> as long as it will stay, I would yeah, say. I'm just going to let it go. I was hoping he was going to forget about it. And then he's got a pizza going. All right, so tell us about I can't look at you. <laughs> I wear it the whole episode because he's getting jacked with you. you. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like for the the week of veganism. Oh my goodness, it was horrible. Like it was almost kind of exciting at first. It was like this is just this is going to be a fun story to tell. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at 24 hours in, I was already just like I'm done. It's it, that was even before I even had the pizza that I was like so jacked for. I'm like, maybe it'll be okay. And just everything I tried, like, is just complete, utter letdown. And I tried to really, like, really get into it, not just, I mean, except for the last like two days. I have literally survived the last two days off of Tostitos chips, bean dip, and Oreos. Every single time I, oh, what about your trail mix? Oh, every uh, time no. I went into his office, he had a bag of trail mix. Right yeah, there. and I, a new bag every time. I haven't even hardly ate trail mix the past two days. It's, oh, really? Uh, I ate that the first like five or five days or so, and I ate like five bags of trail mix. Um, but uh, I, at the end, I was just like, I just want food that kind of tastes okay, because um, all of the like. I tried to get everything that was like actually labeled vegan, right? Except like the Oreos; those are not labeled as vegan, but they are vegan, right? Um, so, really tried to get into it. Tried a bunch of different fake meat stuff, fake eggs. The fake eggs weren't horrible. I, I could live with that. Um, the fake chicken tenders were probably the best fake meat I've ever ate, and that does not give it like a passing grade. Right. Still, like yeah. it's it, it was at least doable, but like it caused me to slow down on all of my my meals because it just it it didn't taste good so i just sat there and was like i'm eating this because i need sustenance um Must last night um i didn't even try to do a, a, a last meal i just meal. yeah i i just ate uh or drank a, a soylent protein shake and called it good um, and went to bed crying yeah uh, well then i went to bed later and was starving so i got some chips and salsa <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to hop on just to see if it did anything oh it's not gonna be good so we're gonna weigh austin at this trail point. mix is very caloric sure. yes dense. very high we're not gonna announce these unless it's a unless it's good yeah 
I mean, with all of your stuff I, on. I'm a pound. I'm a pound less with all with everything on. Yeah. So, so that's not bad. And I ate a lot of stinking trail mix. So you must like, be two ish pounds down. Yeah. So that's good. Congratulations. All right. Doesn't feel like much of a congratulations. <laughs> Start jumping in there. Let's. Uh, oh, are we not getting into this? Uh, go first? ahead. Oh, and that. That pizza's probably gonna burn soon. Okay, I'll keep an eye on the pizza. You eat the steak. Just slide it out on the uh, cutting board. You know, can I, I don't know if I the guy that made this steak won a steak contest recently, too. So it's probably pretty good. Oh, man, you know it's good when it's just got a touch of smoke. There you go. Wow. I that uh, pizza cutter that J. Michael Kaminsky gave me. And I would cut your pizza with that. How's that? So good? So much better. So good. <laughs> I saw one of my favorite memes of all time recently now. Um, it is a stand... It's not, it's not a meme. It's a, a guy who's like, the big thing for the last five years has been plant-based meat. He's like, I think this is sort of the future, but they have it backwards. What we need are meat-based plants. <laughs> so he makes a carrot out of ground beef and rolls it into, like, carrot form, adds food coloring, puts it in the oven. What do you have there? Like the biggest piece of... Gristle? Fat, just fat. Just got, like, lodged. Wouldn't have been gristle. Wouldn't have been fat. Would have been that tendon. Oh, yeah. That's in there. Um so he, he rolls it up, puts it in the oven, bakes them, then puts more food coloring on them, then takes a piece of parsley and puts it in the end. And it looks legitimate. I mean, not exactly like a carrot, but enough of a carrot. It looks as much like a carrot as a fake steak looks like a steak. Guys, he is not slowing down. He is taking huge chunks of steak <laughs> covered in blue cheese and just straight down the hatch. I have never seen you eat like this. Nice. I mean, I know it's a steak I cooked, but... Can't even talk. That is actually a pretty <laughs> good steak. Cool you go you go a week without eating meat. No, thank see you. how it goes. No. That's why I didn't... I hardly ate anything the two days before we weighed in because I was not going to be the one doing this. I honestly... I would rather have eaten the Paco one chip. No way. Yeah. Then go a whole week without meat. Without meat, without cheese. That's right. It's back to you. I would... I would I, I would end up in the hospital, like I was, yeah. That's why no matter what I wasn't doing the one chip challenge. <laughs> so speaking of the one chip challenge, um, I'm using that tomorrow. I have the two new customer service agents. Uh, we're going to teach them how to make snack sticks, and we're making gigawatt with ghost pepper, and we're adding. He's going right for the pizza, ladies and gentlemen, and we're adding that uh, one chip challenge chip to it. That'll be interesting. So how many pounds are you making? We're making the full batch. Oh. So it won't be that hot. Well, what if it all just gets lodged into like... That's an cup. excellent... We have that pestle next door still oh, from that when God, Tex and I did that thing. Like the... I will ground that up and put mix it in with the seasoning. That's a good point. Oof. Imagine just one day you're like, what are these? And oh, we're trying to <laughs> take from... a bite. We used to do that random... <laughs> we're like, man, this wasn't labeled. This was before we had a protocol, so... 
And we would just go, I think it's ranch because it doesn't have a lot of flavor. And then, man, I just, I can't Speaking be that guy that, that it's that chip. What is that? I oh. have three huge bags that <laughs> I'm sure I told myself, oh, I will label those as soon as I get in on Monday morning. Bake. Some Friday. Is it bacon cure? No. No, it's. Recent? Yeah, it's more recent than that. Man. I oh, I got a piece of blue cheese on that. Lava. Yeah, slow down. Lava. Slow down. The food's not going anywhere. It might. You'll be okay. Just a bag. Are we coming back to life? Just a bag of pepperoni up there, too. Now, obviously, it's something to do with the, the heat of the food you're eating, but your color is coming back. You were very pale, pale when you walked in here. It's also warm in here. No. Because you had the toaster oven on. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. And then Patrick's a Nazi with the sound, so we can't run the air conditioner. And I just kind of like a, a touch warmer in here. So. Well, you shouldn't have said that that was the reason <laughs> you're doing it, because now it's staying on all the oh, time. Oh, no, I, it, it ruins the sound. All right, so steak, Totino's, which one did you miss more? Well, if it's the steak with the cheese, it's the steak with the cheese. Okay. Okay. Um, if I have to choose a single, like, deal, it's cheese. Just I, in general. Cheese over meat. Yeah, like, we, we had that. Over, you got, get a t-shirt. You maybe. got uh, <laughs> excommunicated from the family over that decision. That's fine, because cheese technically still comes from meat, but it's just, yeah. I could survive off of just eating cheese, but I would, I would miss cheese so much if I could never eat cheese again. When I was a kid... I used to tell my mom, and I'm talking like five years old, like, I'd be fine in prison. I love bread and cheese. Like, I thought that's what they got fed all the time. I'd be like, I do fine in prison. So I would not. <clears throat> what if they serve potatoes? Oh. <laughs> oh, I bet they serve lots of yeah, instant like mashed potatoes. Yeah. What if you're the guy that ends up peeling the potatoes? I don't mind that. Oh, you wouldn't mind peeling? Mm. I just don't want to eat them. All right, I've never had a piece of Totino's uh, pizza before, ever. Are you serious? So, what base did you grab, Austin? And then I had never even on? heard of this before you Totino's before you talked about them. He put top, that's crazy, he like put, Red Baron and stuff. I've had plenty of of frozen pizzas. These are often called party pizzas as well, I believe. Yeah, so it's just a combination Totino's with some extra Colby Jack and extra pepperoni on top. Not. Not terribly impressed. Yeah. Well, it's not an expensive pizza. Okay. It's actually Where the, is it versus Red Baron? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Red Baron's better. These are just like the, price these, wise. Oh, these are two dollars now. They used to be. Oh, that's right. They used to be ninety nine cents. It, no, they used to be like seventy cents. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Red Baron's significantly more than that. So for the price, yes, definitely good enough. Okay. Do you feel like you've indulged? Enough? I'm good for the Okay, moment. cool. We'll get going on with the podcast <laughs> then. Um, all right, so we had our uh, live stream last night. Went really well. Uh, gave away a bunch of stuff. Mike Christensen from Passing On Outdoor Mentors called me today thanking us. We talked about it during the live stream and did some other stuff for them. Yesterday was their biggest raffle sales ticket day ever sweet and then they did nine thousand yesterday 
and then they did 2,500 today. So that's awesome. I'm sure a bunch of that was our our listeners, our customers, whatever you want to say there. Um, but I am conflicted for two reasons. One, what's today? Wednesday. Right? Yeah. I look down on a Wednesday, and I see Mike Christensen calling me. Oh. And I'm sure that this is the day that I've finally broken through and won. and won. That was not the case. Then from the other end, it's like great, great job buying tickets and supporting a good cause, but now my odds are even lower. <laughs> so no, it's okay. no, it's awesome. Uh, for anybody who wants to um, get in on that, what it is is you buy some tickets. Every Wednesday, they draw a winner based or out of those tickets, and you get a free gun. It's usually a shotgun. A couple times a year, they'll do something a little bit different, um, but it just makes Wednesdays a little bit more fun because you're waiting for that email and you know every once in a while you'll get you'll hear someone yell here cuz people here have won a few times or a lot of people here just know and recognize other people that have won so there is that uh the best was when we were driving up to Minnesota one year you me and your father um and Brett hands me the phone and goes you got to be kidding me and it was Austin's name so that was annoying, but fun. It was awesome. <laughs> it tastes like there's almost like cream cheese in there. No, no, that's not like a uh, Wichita Brewing Company calls it the itis. Yeah, mm -mm. that's okay. interesting. I can't figure it out. There's something in there. This cheese, which you is just bread cheese. I think it's just called bread cheese. It's delicious. No idea what it is. It's really but good. It looked tasty. Yeah. So. And what are they doing? You think toasting that top, hitting uh -huh. it with a flamethrower? Yeah, looks like it's just like a creme brulee torch. Creme brulee sounds good. Oh, uh, we're going to make a chocolate chili brat that we are going to buy Butterfinger, the center of Butterfinger, crumple that up and put it in there. Yep. That seems weird. Why? So you're going to make like a... Chili Butterfinger brought? Yes. And then we this might put uh, chocolate syrup as the topping on it. Yeah. And more Butterfinger. And more Butterfinger. It might be okay as long as there's enough sugar in it. Because, like, it's not, a, it's not, like, even though it's quote-unquote chocolate, yeah. I don't remember it being, like, super sweet. But if you had enough sugar to it, maybe that would help it all. It's almost like the, uh, like, it's a Mexican mole sauce. Oh. That's what it reminded me of more than, like, yeah. chocolate. But... The only thing I'm concerned about at all is the Butterfinger crunchiness. Like, how's that going to be? If that'll, like, stay? Well, if it doesn't, or if it does stay, and I bite into a chunk of bratwurst and I get a crunchy part, that's not something that I normally enjoy. Yeah, it's going to, I don't know, it, it's going to be kind of like when you go to, like, drink from a glass of water, and then all of a sudden it's Coke or tea. Right, not what and, you like, expect. throws your brain off. Bite into a brat and get a crunchy candy in it. Or I'm sure it's, it's happened just, to you, a yeah. spit cup. Mm. That's never happened to you? Uh, we're just not going to talk about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> there we go. All right, then moving right on. A uh, couple of things. I have ordered a couple samples from Excalibur. Mm. Everything bagel seasoning. I have a hard time imagining this is going to be bad. So I'm going to take this home, uh, use it for a little bit, and see if it's worth it. 
stocking. Did you only get one? Yeah, they just sent me one. They didn't send a case? They sent a box for each item. It was very confusing. That's weird. It's yeah. well padded, though. It's extremely well padded. So we've got that. <clears throat> then we've got a new uh, Dijon mustard and dill patty seasoning. Smell that. That. That's amazing. That's going to be incredible. Yeah. So pricing, I'm sure, will be the the deciding factor on that one. Then this one, another one that if pricing's okay, will carry because it is hatch green chili patty mix smell. Yeah, that smells really good. And then this one, just because I couldn't, I still, after smelling it, I can't wrap my head around it. Take a smell. Tell me if you can guess any of the ingredients. Going again, ladies and gentlemen. What I think he's trying to do is peek over his nose and down yeah. at the... I closed my eyes, so he couldn't, couldn't do that. He didn't. Uh, I watched you. You didn't close your eyes. I watched yeah, I you do it. Pull back the footage. My eyes were closed. The second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it, it smells like there's something sweet in yep, it. There's definitely something sweet that's, in it. So it's probably like a, a sweet something something. I don't know. Is that in the name? Very good. <laughs> it is apricot, mango, okay. wasabi. Nope. Yeah. What? Nope. I mean, how out of control is that? Like, did they just have a bunch of stuff in the blender and they're like, oh. I don't know. I don't. Where? I'm just trying to think where you would ever pair apricot, mango, and wasabi together. And I'm maybe I'm not enough of a. Uh, Asian food connoisseur, because I imagine that that has to be is apricot with, with, Asian with no well the wasabi the wasabi portion. right but the rest of it I don't know like I don't know I don't know it maybe it's something that's it's a yeah it's a good combo together but it just it doesn't sound like anything I've ever had anywhere before so it'd be interesting yeah but I'm gonna make something with it um, I'm actually I'm not even gonna make a sausage with it I'm just gonna I have some ground beef at home. I'm going to take this home and mix it up with and see what it's like. Because that'll give me a good idea what it's... What is it meant to be used as? A sausage. A sausage. Fresh okay. sausage. But So we'll have those things to talk about in the coming weeks, what we thought of them, what we liked, what we didn't like. Okay. Um, my top note there, we don't even need to get into. Um, I'm just annoyed at the federal... Cha or uh, Federal... Oh, what it, no. The thing with the reviews and Google... Wasn't it the FTC? Federal Trade Commission. Why would they have anything to do with that? Wait, what? With uh, our uh, reviews. Oh, yeah. How they're changing it because of what Google and the FTC wants. Why is the Federal Trade Commission having anything to do with that? I don't know. I must have read something wrong. It must be like FCT and it's Federal Communication, something or other. Not worth looking up because I'm, I'm... What am I going to rant about? Basically, how... The old internet was the Wild West, and you could do whatever you want, and now it's slowly being drawn in. First, our app gets pulled down from Google because we don't have a way to moderate the way that they want us to do, and now we have to do reviews exactly how they want to do it. Yeah, Google does not own the internet. To adhere to the FTC and oh, Google yeah, review sure. standards. So what does FTC stand for at that point? It can't be Federal Trade Commission. Why would it be? Yeah, it has to be. 
I don't know. Whatever. I don't. I don't see anything. Google else. and the F- FTC. Google and the government are the same thing in my mind right now. There's no difference between them. Okay, moving on. Um, we never got to this one last week, but last week I posted uh, some questions for tomorrow's podcast. So, Dog asks, when is the hickory smoke powder going to be back in stock? I don't have an exact date. I saw um, the machine. Yeah, we have a new machine, new containers. I actually got to get with you and we got to talk labeling. Um, we have to make some sort of labels for them. Um, yeah, you kind of sulked there. As I <laughs> well, we've just, okay, yep. <laughs> we, we had to, we'll have to do something, but I'm not, it's not something that, to be honest, is like a huge priority. Like it's not, we're not just going to stop everything and do it today. It will be in the coming weeks, but. Can it just be like the ones that we print here with the label on the side or with the barcode on the side of it? I don't think those are going to fit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's. But we'll have, we should have an update on, on a more exact timeline within a couple weeks. Um, but. So not before then. Not so before dog, then. it'll be at least a couple of weeks. We, at least a couple of weeks. There you go. Um, and then uh, Tex asks, when will Waltons have their own smoke shack? I assume he means just like a PK100. We'll see. Got to get Andrew involved on that one. Um, because that's gonna take. That's gonna be a big endeavor, and I don't know. I don't know where we're gonna prioritize that at the moment. Yeah, it's he, something I'd like to see, but he doesn't have the amount of free time that he used used to have to go around doing extra things like that. Um. Uh, with Russia backing out of the START treaty, has Jonathan begun to stop medication for radiation poisoning? It's an interesting question. I already have it. I've had it for a while now. It's potassium iodide, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, that has been in my basement for a while. M- multiple boxes of ammunition showed up for me today as well. So stocks continue to, to grow. Uh, John in Florida is considering a bill to make it illegal for a dog to stick his head out of the vehicle window. It also requires them to be in a harness or pet seatbelt while in the vehicle. What is your opinion on this? I'm just surprised that it's Florida that's doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, they can make whatever rule they want. My dog will do whatever I want my dog to do in the car. Not going to put him in a seatbelt or... Yeah. That's that seems stupid. stupid. Yeah. That's also my dogs don't like sticking their heads out of the window and it kind of makes me sad. Like, no, dogs enjoy this. Go be a dog. But they like stick their nose out real quick and take it back. Yeah. Usually my opinion on stuff like that is like some people may not like this, but why do we have seatbelt laws anyways? If someone wants to be an idiot and not wear a seatbelt and get themselves killed, that's on them. But I thousand percent agree with you. Shouldn't have to mandate that. No nope, at all. It is the um, hey, let's see what we can make them do. I'll bet you we can make them so that they have to wear seatbelts. Like the whole drunk driving thing, because what, back in like the 60s, I think there was no law against drunk driving. It wasn't until the 70s that they started or started enforcing that. Yeah, but you... Like that I get. You do drunk driving, you get an accident, you take someone else's life. Exactly. You're now imposing on their freedom. Yep. So. Yep, so that one I get, but... You shouldn't be able to tell me what I'm doing with my body at any point, no matter what. Yeah, it just gets gets crazy. Our industry has a lot of it when you start looking at USDA requirements. Can we talk about the funny thing that you said? 
About the uh, chickens? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I found this guy on Instagram, and I was kind of chatting back and forth with him a little bit. Um, he's a, a smallhold farmer, um, and the video that caught my attention was he was saying, I often get asked if my farm is organic, and I proudly tell them no. My ears perked up at that, and then he's going through about how it's really just a labeling scheme through the USDA. Um, and so I watched a few other of his videos, and he was talking about how wouldn't it be interesting if we applied the labeling scheme that we apply to some things to everything? Like if we had to say this is a, a pork chop from a hog that spent its entire life on concrete, or this is from uh, this egg is from a caged chicken, and you said. It just depends on how you want to look at it because you could also label an egg as stolen eggs from homeless chickens. <laughs> like it's and yeah, John's gonna continue to I laugh and that. it's funny. It's awesome. But it's it's legitimate. Like you can look at things in any through any filter that you want. And yes, labeling drives me and a lot of people crazy with what the USDA makes you do, but there's no real good way, in my opinion, to make it all even and fair because where do you where where do you stop at? Because you'd have to label every egg as stolen. It's hot goods. <laughs> it's hot goods. However, they're not homeless. They do go into a coop at night. Okay. They're just allowed to run around, do whatever they want during the day. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think if there'd be a better way to describe that. Then I'm gonna have chickens. Like when we move out of the the suburbs, it's probably looking like four or five years now. Um, I will have 100% have chickens. I want chickens, goats, um, and my wife and I keep fighting over uh, a pig or not. What are you going to do with goats? Uh, goat milk for cheese. Can you not just do cows? Cow produces a ridiculous amount of milk. There's way too much. I, I think it's, I want to say it's something stupid. I, can't be what I'm thinking. I think it's gallons a day. Right, I was going to say 10 gallons a day, but that doesn't seem, that's too much. But that's still a huge amount. There's no way. And it's illegal to sell regular unprocessed milk, so you can't do that. You have to turn it into cheese. Are you serious? Yeah, you can't sell regular cow's milk. What? Do you not know this? No. We talked about it on the podcast. The guy from Pennsylvania that. who they were shutting him down. Oh, okay. The listeria thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a big okay. thing right now. People are selling, like, small farmers are selling pet milk. So it's, like, regular unpasteurized milk for your pets. But, you know, it's for your pets. But you really drink it. That's just stupid. I don't get that. Everything's stupid. Yeah. Can you do, can you do it for self-consumption? You just can't sell it. You know what? I bet you they say you can't even eat it yourself. Like, what are they going to do to stop you? But I wonder, yeah, where where, where does that requirement start and stop at? It's interesting. They probably think they have the right to come onto your farm and be like, no, you can't drink that. What well, was interesting to me, I just saw somebody who was um, shocked. Like, in Kentucky, they're, they're getting a bill ready to go to give the farmers right to sell meat directly to consumers. So um, people were... Like shocked that this is not allowed. It's like what you set up a little, you know, store on your farm and just sell whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, if you're gonna sell to the public though, you have to be inspected. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's what they're trying to get away or do away with in Kentucky. 
get away with inspection on any means. Should there. be interesting. Yeah. The only way currently you really get away with that is custom. if it's custom. Someone brings you a cow, you slaughter it for them. So that's another way people get around the milk thing. They buy the cow, and then you're just getting the milk from, and it stays at the farm, mm. and you're just getting the milk from your it. cow. That's still way too much milk a day. Like, unless you have an entire brood of children, there is no way to use 10 gallons of milk a day. It can't be 10 gallons. That's insane. There's no way it can be 10 gallons. <laughs> got to find out. Got to find out. Have to find out. Um, so I, if, if we're taking bets, I'm going to say it's still, it's over five. I'm going to say five to six gallons a day. We sold out all of those refurbished units yesterday. It is eight gallons of milk a day. Wow. That Are is you a, on Google? Yeah. Bing says six to seven. Okay, so Google was right, as usual. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's just be honest. That's still... what The average cow produces 460,000 gallons of milk in her lifetime. God. That's crazy. That's insane. 2,305 gallons a year. So if it's... How much is it? 460,000 gallons? Nine oh. semi-tankers of milk during her lifetime. How old was she? Yeah. That, those numbers don't add up. One of I us is way it. off. 2,305 gallons a year versus... Well, let's see. He, 460. He said 2,000. He said 400. Yeah. So the cow would have to live oh, to... Jesus. Are cows immortal? <laughs> yeah, that can't be right. That'd yeah. be 157 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. So one of us is. See, this is the problem with the internet. Well, that's what it's what Bing says, and I just I'm trusting it. I'm I read it on the Mine internet. At least it's is true from 4h.org. My, you don't know where mine's from. <laughs> just tell me what it says. Just a Grick, triviasharp.com. Sure. No, there you Can go. That switch? that's the that's the one. Can we switch back to like? Google should be on all the computers. What is this Bing nonsense? The weirdest was Patrick and I both searched something for Bing Verbatim. exactly the same, and it gave us two different answers. Like, it showed us at one, one guy is a coach for Notre Dame, and the other one, coach for somewhere else. Made no sense. Literally no sense. Yeah, stuff I, I look up, I screenshot. I go, look at this one. <laughs> this one's just, a crazy one. Absurd. All right, you got anything else you want to talk about before we go on to Meat Matters? Uh... We might have a guest. Oh. Nope. Nope. That's all I got. Okay. All right. So, nope, he's got something. Okay. It was, I, I'm not stupid. It was <laughs> the, uh, you know, when you're on search and it like shows you like a, a snippet of text, uh -huh. but then you click to it and you can read the actual thing. The snippet was screwed up. 460,000 is the right number, but in pounds. Hmm. Which that makes sense. Uh, yep. So when I click into it, it and read down 460,000 pounds. Because there's 8.3 pounds. Well, gallon. that's of water so in a gallon. It's so probably, probably nine, more 10, yeah. for milk. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Moving on to meat matters. We've got um, to start things off. As always, we have meat fraud. This needs to be its own segment, I think, <laughs> maybe. Patrick, come up with some alliteration for meat fraud. Okay. And I will make it its own special segment. Uh, the article is Amazon might be selling illegal meat from takeout.com and it is donkey meat. However, it's a little bit misleading. Um, 
donkey meat isn't actually in it. What they're accusing them of selling are products that have something called gelatina nigra or geraltin that's made from donkey hide. So probably not a big deal at all. Um, also, I don't think I would balk at eating a donkey anyways. And nowhere in the world is it illegal to eat a donkey. It'd be interesting. It's basically a horse. Right? Yeah. I did. Uh, but a horse is illegal to eat. I did look to see if I could source some horse meat the other day. Why? Because <laughs> you make me eat all kinds of stupid <laughs> stuff, and I we, was going to find something that I was going to make you eat for once. We almost made you eat um, camel today. Oh, I would have. I would have. That's what we, hurt we thought. You. Like, maybe that's a little cruel. That's maybe wrong. we should let him have that. It would have been kind of funny, right? The deciding but, factor was actually just time. We're like, I don't have time to do that tomorrow. Um, but yeah, you're going to be eating camel soon. But I mean, how much weirder can we get with it? There's not. I and mean, we've eaten rodent. That's we've eaten snake. We've eaten insects. The rodent's the worst of it. Oh, like, for sure. Any large game, to be honest, it's yeah, it's whatever. We've tried. I mean, it's mostly interesting to see what the taste is, what the texture is. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day about different meats like that, and they asked about mountain lion. I'm like, I've had that. And I was like, it is amazing. Yep. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the little tiny animals that are the grossest. Uh, the larger they get, I feel like the more okay I am with eating them. Okay, so in general, I get where you're going, but I mean, what are you going to do about like dove? Dove's delicious and it's tiny. Yeah, but it's a bird. It's okay, different. so a bird's different. Well, yeah. I yeah, can't think of, of a really of a good like mammal that's small. Some of it, some of it comes like, down to what they're eating. Like, I would not eat any bird at all, regardless of the size, if it was from anywhere around Wichita. You talk about like a city bird, it's gonna be gross because they're they're eating trash, they're eating leftovers, they're eating junk. You go you go out into the country, kill any bird, eat it, it's gonna be fine because they're eating normal stuff. You then look at like uh what do we eat? Possum. Mm -hmm. Like possums don't exactly eat the best. They're gonna scavenge for things at times. Although the imagine. one the one we ate, I assume, came from a farm and <laughs> That must have had a better diet. That must have been right next but, to a garbage dump. That's yeah. the only explanation there. I don't know. This thing was truly vile. What do you think about, like, would you balk at eating um, a Canadian goose that I killed in my backyard? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be any good. Huh. It'd probably be fine to eat, but it's They not... migrate so much, though. No. Have you seen the geese around here? They are 24-7, 365 geese. There are there are some that migrate, but the ones that hang around at your neighborhood pond, no. they're here all year. No, they're not. Mm. I I know this because there's certain points of the year where I have to watch my dogs because all they will do is run down there and eat goose poop. Mm. Um, but they're not around all the time, so they go somewhere. What always made me they migrate two neighborhoods over. <laughs> what always made me laugh was uh, like Canadian geese. We would have. Uh, a herd flock 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 <laughs> that's almost as bad as i was talking about curtis's book yesterday and the last word is uh posse and i said pose and just went oh, on no. and patrick starts laughing he goes you mean posse i like that i was like yep um but so our canadian geese would go south where it's warmer but then new canadian geese would show up and i'm like those 
are so far up there that like this is comfortable to them. Like they're coming from basically the North Pole or just south of. Those are tough geese. The ones that go down to wherever, North Carolina or Sissies. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, five reasons to be bullish on cattle. This is from SuccessfulFarmingAgriculture.com. Don Close, a market analyst who's been watching and forecasting cattle markets for decades, has recently become the chief research officer for Terrain, a new market analysis analytics division of three regional farm credit association. After looking at all the data, he says, this inventory report is the most bullish I've seen in my 40 years of watching cattle markets. So just for a quick um, note for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there are what is known as a bear market and a bull market. The easy way that I've always been told to remember is a bear market, it's going down because a bear strikes down. Uh, and a bullish market is they're looking at it going up because a bull's horn will gore up. So that's an easy way to just kind of remember it. Um, so number one, look at the decline in beef cow numbers, he says. The cattle industry's gas tank is about empty. Winter and early spring precipitation may have broken the drought in some places, but the lingering effects are not over. He also notes that there's still a reluctance to retain heifers. I think we'll see some additional modest liquidation of cows in 2023, and that's without a lot of heifers in the pipeline. We're looking at the end of 2024 and early 2025 to really begin to rebuild cow numbers. That's where most of my longer-term bullish sentiment comes from. So 2023, 2024, looks like it's going to be a little hard uh, to find quality beef, and it might be a little bit more expensive, but... 2024, 2025, we'll start seeing the ranchers um, hopefully continue to rebuild their herd and make some nice profit. Uh, number three, the demand side for beef also holds good product or promise. Beef demand is absolutely solid, Close says. Over the last few months of high inflation, we may have seen some slowdown in demand, but not much. Good job, everybody. Do not let whatever's going on with inflation or anything else stop you from eating beef. It is your God-given right as an American. Uh, four. Much of that strong demand for beef is for high-quality, eat-at-home beef. This might be the silver lining for COVID-19 pandemic. Because the restaurant's closing, beef packers had to divert some of their highest-quality product to grocery stores for direct sales to consumers. What they realized is that they could get a prime restaurant meal at home, and they like it. Beef consumption last year was the highest in 12 years at 58 pounds per person, and the retail price a record high at seven dollars and thirty pounds, or seven dollars and thirty, seven dollars and thirty cents per pound. Um, that's surging demand. So awesome on the fifty-eight pounds per person. Not so great on the seven dollars and thirty cents per pound. But what are you going to do? What was your average per pound on the beef you had? Five something. Okay, so that's definitely higher. Yep. So this it, it is well. I mean that makes sense though. I'm buying in somewhat quantity at least. So this is $7.30. Mine was $5. I guess that's true. Yeah. So I'm buying in so I mean, it's not a huge still, bulk, yeah. but it, I should still get a price break as opposed okay. to going and buying one steak at a time. Yeah. So it true. makes sense. But awesome job on the 58 pounds, people. I... I carried a lot of that average. I pulled that up for, <laughs> for some of you people. Um, oh, yeah. What... We've looked at stats in the past. What percentage of people in the U.S. are vegan or vegetarian? It's not just like a percentage of a percent. I mean, it's there's there's a chunk. I want to say it was like three or six that are vegan. 
vegan and vegetarian. I want to say it was like 10 to 15 because we were, or maybe that was 10 to 15% that have tried or eaten alternative meat. I don't remember now, but you take out any chunk of pe- people there, like what the average person that actually eats beef, yeah. what they then get rid of the others and just split it out amongst, amongst those of us that eat beef. And it's, you got to be back up towards like 65, 70. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Now it is 5% who are vegetarian and 2% who are vegan. Okay. That's 2018 numbers. So it might have climbed a little bit during the pandemic, but I don't think significantly. That 15% was probably the percentage of people that had tried, tried fake something. meat. Yep, yeah. that would make sense. That would make sense. All right, for five. Also on the demand side, beef exports are chugging along at a high rate. That includes our biggest beef export markets, Japan, Mexico, Canada, and South Korea. And there's good growth to China where they're buying increasing amounts of U.S. produced beef to slice thin for noodle bowls. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Beef exports now add about $500 to the value of every finished steer. That's awesome news. So what, there were cuts that we weren't going to use at all? How is this going to add that value to the steer? Or maybe they're just willing to pay that much more for those cuts. Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Some cuts that weren't going to get used, some just paying more for other things. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but from last week's podcast, we learned that uh, the U.S. creates 20% of the world's beef with just 8% of the total cattle number. So I'm not surprised that exports are surging. Like if we're that good at producing, then that that makes sense. Um, but... Honestly, the number four one is really what interests me more than anything else because we've talked about it for a while here. Buying a steak out, I don't understand. You can make that steak just as good at home. I mean, there's like fancy sauces and like French stuff that you can't make as well at home. That's what I get when I go out. I don't know. I get that and I don't. So my wife and I, um, longer story, Build it up, build it up, I guess. Um, so for Valentine's Day, couldn't decide what to get my wife. I had I had actually got her something for Valentine's Day, and then her birthday is like two, three weeks before that. So okay. I actually gave it to her for her birthday too. I was just I was too excited. I was like, I can't I, I can't wait. Yep. And so then I got to Valentine's Day and I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do? I thought about it, I'm like, what, 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 what? Finally I'm like, oh, I just need to schedule date night. My what my wife loves having uh, date nights just planned and with kids it gets harder and so got everything planned didn't actually do it on valentine's because then i'm taking someone else's valentine's day away which i feel bad so gotcha did a few days later we went to what's kind of a new restaurant in town what used to be at bradley fair the good egg yeah um, the restaurant that went in there Uh um is really good very expensive (laughs) but uh (laughs) you had to see his face for that it just uh not like, not an Austin re- Austin restaurant. Sure. Um, are we talking fifty dollars a person, or are we talking? Oh, over fifty. Okay. She had a drink. I guess I kind of did. I had a kombucha. I've never had anybody that has kombucha. And that's I was the like, other thing we were going to get you to go with your hippie thing for veganism. Oh, it was a bottle of kombucha. So, I like kombucha. Yeah, so. yeah he would have been happy with it. Uh, but still, my kombucha was like three bucks. Why it was so cheap? I don't know. Everything else. Her her drink was like fourteen dollars oh, for God. some I don't know martini thing. Um, 
But then going through the menu, the menus at like a nice restaurant like that usually aren't like super massive. Right. It's like they have a fine selection of high quality meals. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't really, I don't really want to do this or that. I just got the ribeye. Uh, it was a little scary doing it because there was no price on the menu for yeah. the ribeye. <laughs> it was like market price. Hey. I'm like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Oh, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Uh, it I want to say we ended up paying like 120 130 bucks for the whole thing okay um but I I've had worse sure. uh the yeah a couple times a year whatever uh but it was yeah I'm looking at the menu and even though I didn't even know what the price was I was like I'm going to do the ribeye like I know that I can cook just as good of a ribeye at home, okay so was it but, as better than anything you could cook at home wasn't better, right? But it 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 was very good. Yeah. Like sometimes at home, like I get into a rush and I'm just like, I just need dinner done, um, and so I don't take as much time and cook it the exact way I should. Sometimes I just turn the grill on to 500 degrees and I just cook them cook them fast, and it's not great, but you still end up with a good meal. You just know like it could have been better, right? So instead of like taking the hour and a half to do the whole prep to cook it, you just sit there and they bring you one so it does it still is nice and i still even though i don't like doing it at times because i know i can do just as good at home it takes a lot of time to do at home and so when i go out i will still order like a nice ribeye or strip or something so if i was at a restaurant and there was nothing i liked like if there was nothing else i wanted then yeah sure but generally i can find something that i'm like oh i wouldn't cook that for myself if they would have had pizza on the menu, I would <laughs> of have ordered a pizza. Of course you would have gone with it. I don't think they have pizza uh, that type. What's the name of that place? Do you remember? Don't worry about it. Doesn't I don't matter. know. Doesn't matter. All right, moving on. Uh, the best fruit for your gut health, according to gastroenterologists. So it's raspberries. Really? Right? Is that not weird? Uh, so the reasons are they're rich in vitamin C, polyphenol, antioxidants, and fiber. Now, here's where I have a huge problem with that because I'm seeing more and more of this pop up, but people saying that fiber is not necessary. In fact, it's an anti-nutrient. It actually pulls out nutrients from your large intestine. So food that's digesting in your large intestine, it actually is pulling nutrients from that. I can't huh. catch a break, dude. So this other article, it's... Uh, Fiber Myths and Truths, Do We Really Need Fiber? by Dr. Robert Kiltz. Um, I say in this wonderful article, because I like what he, his, I agreed with him. Um, he talks about how the push for fiber was more about the erroneous idea back in the 1800s. Um, and that's when they started to really process flour. So they separated um, the bran from the grain. And in places that that was happening, they started seeing way more like sicknesses what they didn't know or take into account was those were the industrialized nations and specifically the cities where the air was super unhealthy and, you know, they had all sorts of problems with water and cleanliness. So they thought it was fiber, but it really wasn't. Um, what the real culprit was was a lack of fat-soluble vitamins, and that was proven by Dr. Weston A. Price. So you don't need fiber. What, how do we What are you looking at? Oh, you found it? I want you to pick out on the menu what you would oh, get here. that's a fun game. Let me see. All right, so we're looking at the restaurant that Austin ate at. You have, to, you, you have to get an appetizer and a drink to go with it. 
Okay. I'm going for starters, garlic, bread, bruschetta, probably. Um, and for features and pastas, I already see like multiple things I would I would eat. The lobster spaghetti for sure. Seared salmon. Neither one of those would I cook from. Well, seared salmon, I probably would. But I definitely wouldn't make lobster spaghetti for myself. And I would 100% eat it from a, a place like this. That is a tiny menu. Mm -hmm. That's extremely tiny. There yeah. are seven features. But yeah, that's what I'd go with. Is the menu in Braille? <laughs> it's not. Oh, okay. I don't get it. That's how you know it's high class. If it's in Braille? It's from American Psycho. Oh, okay. There you go. I was wondering what I was missing. All right. Eat less don't or doesn't work. Try this instead. Now, this is from um, sentientmedia.org. So what they're trying to do is get people to eat less meat. That's And they're saying that saying eat less meat doesn't work. So basically, they've discovered that people like myself and normal people ignore them when they try these stupid campaigns. So what they say is what did work with focus groups is to frame the message in terms of civic action. Oh. Messages like ending the farming of animals is one vital solution we need in order, in order to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So what they're trying to do now, instead of making you not eat meat, they're trying to make you proselytize to other people not to eat meat so that you then were like, well, I don't want you to eat meat, so I'm not gonna eat meat. What they don't realize or have forgotten are that most people are enormous hypocrites and especially activists are ridiculous hypocrites. Have you ever heard the restart the clock? Do you know that term, restart the clock? No. Every time one of these male feminists turns out to be like a abuser or reset the clock, yeah, reset the clock. Activists are hypocrites. Yeah. They're, what they're doing is they're looking at something, they know they have a problem, they're trying to push that out on the rest of the world. So this is not going to work. And it made me mad. We're going to have to find up, like, find find out or make find up. Find up? Sorry. I w find, yeah. find out or make up our own statistics on why uh, meat is either not bad or what we can find about uh, someone who's got, yeah, like the vegan mindset as to why that is I've been so negative to, on the on the climate. Like, oh, fight fire with fire. It's out there. I've been meaning to talk to you guys about your meat consumption. It's beginning to scare me. It's affected you in the it following ways. It makes me not want to eat. Now I have to do triple duty of not eating meat to combat your guys' meat problem. Let's call it what it is. Monocropping is at least as bad as raising cattle. At least. The amount of nitrogen-based fertilizer that gets swept out into fresh water because of monocropping is, it's an enormous issue that they just don't want to look at it because it's not about saving the environment. It is about control. They want to control what you eat so that they can tell you what to do. Do not let them do that. All right. USDA aims to boost independent meat packers with $59 million in grants. Uh, the USDA beefed up its efforts to encourage competition in domestic meat and poultry supply chains on Tuesday, awarding close to $59 million in federal grants to independent processors in Idaho, Virginia, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Maryland. So, that, I mean, that's a good section 
It's not like it was all on the East Coast or West Coast. So it's weird how they picked out stuff there because, yeah, it's kind of a hodgepodge from all over. But they probably did it just based on applications, right? I don't know. Probably had a grant proposal and selected those people who were from those states. My guess, anyways. All right. <laughs> Are you. I don't know the Heimlich. And nope. I was I trying to get you to talk so that I could get. I was just enjoying the scene. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm sure that was <laughs> fascinating podcast. All right. High protein intake associated with sarcopenia. Now, sarcopenia is a condition that is associated with lack of adequate muscle fiber, frailty, and a higher risk of falls. Uh, even this. So it's ridiculous. The more protein you eat, the smaller your muscles are going to be. No. That's idiotic. Um, but even the study says that the results are the opposite of what they were expecting. And looking into it more, I would say the problem is with the study, not the results. Um, they also admit that the study was biased towards healthy participants. And in today's day and age, what are they considering healthy? Are we talking about, oh, these people ate vegan, so it was way healthier than these people. So, you know, we focused on these vegan people. So totally ridiculous. All right. Avian flu strain concerns after outbreak among mammals. So chicken is about to get more expensive as avian flu continues to go around. Um, 58 million birds have been killed because of the flock being infected. But now minks in Spain and seals in Peru have been stricken with avian flu. Now, this is from February 2019. So it's a little bit older of an article, but it's controversial experiments that could make bird flu more risky, poised to resume. So after they started these experiments again on avian flu to make it more transmissible, all of a sudden now it's in certain mammal populations. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. Good job, guys. Keep doing that. Gain of function research. What a haven't benefit we, to humanity. We've learned enough about no. that in the past three years. The, on <laughs> mm. <laughs> the only way any, any of this makes sense if this has all been on purpose. Okay. You hope not. USDA's 1971 lung meat ban made no sense, according to this doctor. It's from Slate.com. So the USDA banned the sale of of lungs for human consumption in 1971. Reisman is hoping to flip the ban. Last month, he filed a petition with the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Services stating that a food being gross is not the same as it being unsafe. I mean, he's 100% right. Um, basically, there's no reasoning behind, no scientific reasoning behind the ban in 1971. What they said was it's basically like an air filter and you wouldn't eat, a human shouldn't be eating an air filter, which... Yeah, but he well, goes... You also then shouldn't be eating chicken liver or beef liver. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that other organs are doing to filter and process things in your body that you don't want to consume then, but you eat that stuff just fine. And you eat your own lungs. Like, your lungs are constantly replacing their lines, and you cough that out and then swallow it. So... I didn't need to think about that as I was putting <laughs> food in my mouth. Yeah. Well, now you did. So... Sorry. Okay. 
this annoys me to almost no end, <clears throat> but um, for better or worse, environmental contamination in other food contexts often triggers not bans, but strongly worded suggestions. In January, for example, the FDA released voluntary guidelines asking food companies to reduce traces of lead in baby food. Hey, guys, would you pretty please stop having so much lead in your baby food? We'd really appreciate it if these tiny little babies didn't get lead in their food. That sounds really bad. Right? Like, that one's behind a paywall for me. Stupid yeah, New York no, Times. it was for me too. But that just, out of all the other things that the USDA says, or the FDA, either or, say you have to do this, you have to do that. Why couldn't they do that on baby food. lead in, in baby food. food? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a trace amount, right? Like I'm sure it's a really small amount, but it's baby food. They're very small too. Like they can't, they're not be able to take much lead. Yeah. How does how does that with well, okay, ingesting obviously into your body bad. Can you have issues with like lead and like babies, kids, people in general, just by like touching it and stuff over and over? Because like they stopped doing like lead paint, lead and paint. Is it because people were eating, eating the it? chips? I guess, yeah. Or is it just exposure to it? No, I I, I think it's got to be just eating it, just consuming it. Okay. Did you ever watch Archer? Yeah, some. Did you ever see the one where he's trying to calculate? how much lead he has in his body from bullets. He's like, it's got to be lead poisoning. It's got to be lead poisoning. <laughs> no. All right. Um, fishermen find remains of man missing inside a shark no. in Argentina. So basically, this is what I think happens to everybody who disappears without a trace, is they get eaten by a shark. So that would mean 10,000 people in the U.S. alone who go missing every year and are never found. No, no, no. You could have you could have some validity to your argument that there's some that are missing that is that, but it's a huge problem. Your numbers are way too high. It's a huge problem in Australia where they just like, unless somebody saw them got getting eaten, they just always say drowned, drowned. They drowned and then were eaten by sharks. And it's the tourism board that pushes that because they don't want to scare people, being like, oh yeah, no, go swim with our 18 foot great white sharks. Yay, smart idea. All right, Dave Grohl smoked meat for less fortunate, feeding over 500. So he spent 16 hours in L.A. with his own smoker, brought his own meat, and fed 500 uh, un unhoused, I believe is the current word we're using for them, unhoused people. That's cool. Weird. I've never heard, yeah. That. You ever heard of Dave Grohl? No, should I? Food Fighters? Oh, I know Food Fighters. I don't know who it is. So he was the uh, bassist. No, he was the drummer for Nirvana and then bassist for Food Fighters. That's cool. Am I right on that, Patrick? Yeah. No. What was it? <laughs> Dave Grohl. Yeah, he was the drummer for Nirvana and then bassist for... No, then he's just guitarist and... Or guitar, whatever, dude. All the instruments. It's the same thing. All the instruments. Okay. All right, last one. Brazilian meat processor BRF posts a hundred and fifteen million fourth quarter loss. 
So I didn't read the, the article. Right. But does it sound legitimate? Because my first thought normally when you hear something like that and you look at just a single quarter, especially the fourth quarter, companies do things at the end of the money. year. Right. Yeah. We we do it. We we get to the end of the year and we're like, hmm, we need to get rid of some profit. Let's. Uh, so they're going through some restructuring, trying to make their business more streamlined and efficient right now, though. So it doesn't sound like they just had an excess of money that they needed to invest yeah. or you know spend somehow. And so yeah, well, it's not always, yeah, it's not always money that you really have even spent. It's stupid. It's, it's because of depreciation. Um, like we could go buy a new truck for service work, mm -hmm. and we go get a loan on it. Say it's a easy numbers fifty thousand uh, dollar van. Um, we could do that on December 31st, not actually truly technically pay for anything, but we could section 179 deduct it, take the full 50,000 deduction in this in year, year on the last day of the year and not have actually truly paid a cent for any of it. So yeah, all that stuff is misleading. So Running. Any, yeah, anytime there's something that's like, oh, they lost money. It's like, well, I want to know what the real full picture is. And most of the time people don't tell you. Running a business sounds confusing. It's, oh, it's, it's stupid. I could, uh, I could make people mad with what I was saying on stuff. Cause you could decomplicate so many things and it would make so many people lose their jobs. Right. There's that. Um, but then they could go like work towards the flying car, work towards like yeah. that, that's the argument, you know, with, um, self-driving trucks are like, oh, well, that's the single biggest job market for uh, men with a high school education. It's like, well, there will be other things that, that happen. Back in the early 1900s, the biggest problem in New York City was too much horse poop. You know, people were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We're going to have to... Then came the car. Like, there's always something else that comes along. That's the way humans are. Yeah. So, I don't know. If the world ever stayed stagnant... That'd be terrible. It'd be a different thing. I mean, but well, maybe if we go back, go back to the dark ages. Fighting with swords sounds pretty awesome. Actually, it'd be kind of fun. It does sound pretty. I awesome. might get rid of the internet for a couple weeks just to have some sword fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else? No, nah, that's it. All right, thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Walton's, everything but the meat.